You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. We have a very good show planned for you. Why do you say that? Because Sharzad Naravi is our guest. She's a principal and an author. Her company is Strategy Meets Performance. Sharzad, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, Rick. It's great to be on your program again after many right. years. Right. Yeah. We're going to talk about your new book, but before we get there, being an entrepreneur, I'm curious because you're entering your 13 years of business. I wonder what your original motivation was to start Strategy Meets Performance all those years yeah. ago. Yeah. So I had uh, experience working in-house for organizations and also being a contract consultant. And I realized I can reach so many more companies and leaders by starting my own firm. And it was a dream I always had. And in 2010, I made it happen. How long did you think about becoming an entrepreneur before you pulled the trigger and actually left the corporate world? You know, it was a couple years that it was in the back of my head, Rick. And I knew my craft and I'd even gone back for my doctorate after many years of working. And the thing that it was in the back of my head, but the thing that stopped me was thinking, well, I don't know how to get clients. And sometimes we get in this weird way of thinking that we forget how resourceful we are and that we're not the first person to do this and that there's so much support we can have. So it was a couple years before and uh, it was just kind of percolating. And then one day it just was an opportunity and I went for it and I realized, oh, wait a minute, I do know how to get clients. I do know how to support them as they build their companies and their culture. Yeah, that was, you sort of anticipated my question. Was there a tipping point or a moment or a catalyst that caused you to make that change and yes. take that first step? Yes, yes. I was introduced to a entrepreneur who had uh, seven locations of his business and um, he wanted to talk about his teams and how they could be more effective. So I drove up to LA and had a conversation with him. Mind you, I didn't have a business or a business license or anything. I was just being present and listening to him share about his successes and his challenges. And after an hour or so, I shared with him, here are my recommendations, one, two, and three. And he asked, can you show up this time next week with that in a proposal? And of course you always say yes, Rick. And I said, yes, I'd love to. And on my drive home, I realized I was present and authentic and thinking about what was best for this organization. And that is the sales process. And so I knew what to do. I knew what my craft was. And it was a huge defining moment for me because I had for some reason assumed I wouldn't know what to do just because I hadn't really done it before. Mm. Okay. So that was the inspiring opportunity to take the leap. How long after you formally started your business, did you truly believe that you had a business that you could count on that was going to survive and then ultimately thrive? Yeah. So it, it, with this first client, I had a good feeling, but there's a couple people who said it was just 
beginner's luck or something. And my husband, you don't want to know what he said about them. And um, it was the second client where I was working deeply with the senior team. I was coaching them. I was getting them aligned. And as they continued having me work with more of their leaders, that's when I realized they are seeing an impact and results. And this is it. This is what I'm doing and I'm loving it. And I'm going to be in this for the long haul. Okay, Sharzad. So let's talk about what you do. Tell me about your firm and how you help your clients. Yeah. So I work with medium-sized companies on improving their senior team alignment and the leadership of the C-suite and ultimately in helping them shape a more productive, engaging workplace culture. That is the big picture. Mm -hmm. And I do this by one-on-one um, -on -one executive coaching for each of the leaders and then working with the senior team as a group to ensure that they are moving forward in the organization with honest conversations, with a clear strategy, with clarity on their vision and their values, and that they are walking the talk. Because oftentimes leaders will say one thing in a meeting and what shows up later is a different thing. And it comes, the step, the root of this is the difficulty of having conversations that may feel uncomfortable. So I help them get to know one another. I help them have guidelines for their communication and then to move forward with a very clear plan and to move forward with values that they make decisions by. So COVID and the change in the way business gets done, I mean, there are people that have hybrid workforces now or remote workforce. They have, you know, all different types of arrangements to accommodate maybe the reality of what's happened to their business over the past couple of years. Have you seen that impact the way you coach and work with your clients? And if so, how have you adapted to that? Yeah, I have been coaching virtually for many years before COVID. Certainly Zoom is a great platform that I enjoyed. So I was as busy as ever during COVID. And um, one of the great things many clients realized is that coaching and having talks for their companies was really important during that time. So it impacted my business in a positive way. And I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of executives on the journey, right? From the time when things shut down and, you know, we saw some leaders having a lot, initiating a lot of layoffs. I saw many leaders saying, we will get through this and really standing firm and confident and creating that sort of culture where the company was very successful and as we are exiting, you know, COVID for the most part, I am now working with leaders to help them see what's the best way to create teamwork, meet the customer's needs, but also embrace what we've learned in these last two years, that you can be successful, that you can meet customers' needs. And you can create a flexible work schedule for your workers all while creating success. So there have been a lot of conversations recently 
about how to ensure that the teams are still aligned because over these years, so many employees were hired that no one ever saw. And to this day, you know, they're just now meeting them. So it's a whole new world. And I think the ability to be agile and curious and open will really benefit leaders. Thank you. And you brought up the word culture, which I think is a perfect segue into your latest creation, which I'm holding right here. Congratulations. You're now a published author and your book is a powerful culture starts with you. So I'm wondering, first of all, what are the big ideas contained in your newest book? Sure. So um, one very big idea is about the power that a leader has to show up in a way that is open to seeking feedback, to looking at the culture with a fresh set of eyes. So early on in the book, I talk about how we can manage our inner world because oftentimes we feel pressured to, you know, look at problems externally from ourselves. And, you know, one of the things I've said to clients, to family members, to myself over the years is it starts with you because we can only change ourselves and within this very powerful transformation, those around us begin to shift. And so in this book, I talk about before you even work on the three approach model, you have to work on your mindset. And I had this image created because when we have a negative mindset or we think it's them, it's not me, I'm an old dog, how do I have new tricks? It's like we're carrying this backpack of negativity, of rocks, and it's weighing us down. And in the image that um, we're showing right now, it is a figure throwing this backpack with all these negative images off a cliff. And the images say, you're not good enough. Make sure you look good. I did nothing wrong. It's them and not me. So that is one part of this work. The second part, if you'd like to show the next image, is that our ego, and this is a part of our brain that is there to protect us. It it helps us in moments when we're in fight or flight. And when we're not in those moments, which is most of those times, the ego wants to be employed. And so it scans the environment and tends to look at things in the most negative way possible to protect us. And if we are being um, very cynical and skeptical in our viewpoint, how are we at the same time able to be open and receptive to what is happening in our culture or what could be better in our culture? So just being aware of what the ego is there for how it helps us and how it hurts us is a big part of driving a really strong culture. So I first talk about that in the book. I talk about ways to save time and create space. Then I go into the three approach model. And the first part, and I made acronyms, Rick, for all of these because they are easy to remember. And I have an uncanny ability to create (laughs) acronyms that work. And the first one is watch it and this is a new way to look at your culture with a fresh set of eyes so the things that include are included in the walk it model are walk around 
ask questions, seek, explore, take in feedback. Make sure when you clarify the feedback, you are managing your ego. H of watch it is handle your ego, a big part of this. And when you are looking at your culture, and I have four different checklists for things to look at, and everything I refer to can be downloaded from the book's website, which is apowerfulculture.com. When you are looking at your culture with a fresh set of eyes, and maybe having a few colleagues do so along side of you, you're getting in new data. You are getting new information that you could then decide what new plan do I want to create? What uh, ways am I going to take charge? And the checklists are around the physical space. What does it look like when you walk in? Who's greeting you? How are they greeting you? How are people working? Uh, the communications is what messages are employees getting from the leaders? about the organization's strategy and vision and what's happening with customers. The employee experience, and HR partners always appreciate this, is what's happening from the moment the employee enters the organization to the moment that they are being told about career paths and being supported in their journey. And uh, last, group dynamics is a way to see how people are communicating in group settings. Is there inclusion? Are uh, people of all um, areas in the organization encouraged to speak up? Or do you see more of the managers speaking up and not the individual contributors? Are women speaking up? Are people of color speaking up? Is that space created? And so it's a whole new way of looking at your organization. And I have different things to look at under each of these checklists. And there's, when you go through this, there's going to be things as a leader you'll be very pleased about. Wow, we do a lot of these things really well. Thumbs up. And then there may be some areas that are blind spots. And so I wanted to equip leaders with tools that they could start looking at it themselves. So explain to me, is in writing the book, was it an organic outpouring of the work that you've been doing for the past 12 going on 13 years? and you decided to codify it? Or was it something that was an inspiration that you were now bringing into your business because you've, you've put it into a disciplined approach based on um, the book? Both, you know, I've been in this field for 20 years and in my time, both consulting for other companies and working in-house up until these 12 years of having my business, I talk about culture, I talk about the environment that leaders are creating. And one of the things I was asked many times over the years was tell me what to do tell mm -hmm. me where to start and i thought that was a very a great ask and there's books on culture but i wanted to create one that was step by step that had lots of tools my my way of seeing the world is very practical even in all my years of training when i would learn about different theories the first thing i would ask is well how would this be applied because there would be all these conversations that were just i thought so theoretical and how would you talk about this to a ceo who's busy and fast moving you know and so that the reason i wrote this book was from all my years of experience and wanting to give tools, easy to use tools, case studies, and, and making working on culture joyful. That, those were some of the things that stood out to me 
in the process as I was writing it. Yeah, that's a tall ask, making working on culture joyful. So I'm glad that you're able to bring <laughs> that joy to CEOs and middle market uh, business leaders. I'm, I'm wondering in the work that you've done professionally over the years, have you seen an impact on the company's financial performance, you know, the bottom line from their investment in time working on their culture? Yes. So there are several ways to measure if the work you're doing on culture has an impact. One is you save a lot of money because great people stay. Hmm. It costs quite a bit to uh, recruit and bring on and retrain new people. So when you have high performers who are staying, you are saving a lot of money. You have stronger performance when you have a good culture because people have a sense of ownership. They feel like this is my organization. I want to go above and beyond. You have better customer care. These are things you could measure before and after you work on your culture. And last of many things, is the reputation of your organization truly there are people who i will meet it's few and far between that when i share with them that i'm a business psychologist they will say i love my culture things are going well but it's few and far between and my vision is to create more companies where people feel like that because mm -hmm. most of the time people say oh you need to coach my boss or you need to work <laughs> with our company and and i thought you know, if I could create a guide that can help people, this will be a great start. In business, there are a few what I consider truisms, and one of them involves culture, which is whether the CEO and the leadership team work on the culture of the company or not, their company has a culture. Yes. it's an Maybe it's an unintended culture, but it's there. And if you're not happy with it, it's because of the culture that you've allowed to grow and develop in your business. So not working on your culture doesn't doesn't help you because you're going to have a culture anyway. So I don't know if, if that's been your experience or not, but every company has a culture, whether it's intentional Absolutely. or not. Absolutely. Culture is the way things are done. It's the way decisions are made. It's the behaviors that are role modeled. One of the things people want the most is for their leaders to walk the talk. Yes. To do what they say they want others to do. Culture is how leaders behave in crises. Do they start panicking or do they stay calm and tell everyone what the plan is and be that deep rooted, you know, when you see videos of huge storms and you see these trees, I use the tree metaphor a lot. And it's what you see on my yeah, on cover and my logo. Right. And you see these trees that they are so deep rooted and these storms are swaying them back and forth. But guess what? They're not going anywhere. And it's how do you behave in these crises? How do you bring people on to the organization? How do you exit them if you exit them? What do you reward? So like you were saying, there could be certain behaviors that maybe you're not rewarding, but there's no consequences for it. That forms culture. There may be leaders who are very high performers, yet they don't treat people right. And when you don't take action, that is part of your culture. Uh, someone I recently met over the holiday was telling me that um, one of his managers was being abusive to everyone publicly 
And he made the hard choice to let him go that day. And I told him that is culture setting. What you did shows people what is and is not acceptable. And so there's so many benefits when you're paying attention to all of these areas. That's and, really and in my walk, it, the second model I have drive it is a coaching model. My third model, which I created long time ago, is the walk it model. It's asking yourself, is my senior team walking the talk? Are they aligned? Can we truly have conversations where we are safely debating, making a plan, and then supporting each other? As we make big decisions, are we integrating our values? And so that is a big part of culture. And that's why I created the walk it model. This is fantastic. I wish we had more time to spend in your book and in your culture, your coaching and consulting practice. Um, so we're going to allow people, you already mentioned the website. We're going to tell them how to find the book here in a couple of minutes. But before we do, I'm wondering, where do you go to access other peer entrepreneurs who have insights or experiences that are going to help you stay ahead of your competition and continue to grow your business? Yeah. What I do is what anyone could do in their particular industry. Part of it is speaking with colleagues in the field, the resources that we all share with each other. You may not know, and that's a big um, boost. Um, doing a lot of reading, a lot of networking, also paying attention to the news and um, being open to having conversations with your existing customers as well. These are some ways that I make sure I'm staying on top of trends and what's happening. Excellent. So let's look at tomorrow. Yeah. Describe your vision. <clears throat> Entrepreneurs always have a bright future in mind. I'm wondering what is your next level for your firm? Yes. Thank you for asking this. So I'm already working on book number two and I have a trilogy in mind. So my hmm. second book is for female leaders and how they can bring their voices forward at work and at home, and also how men can support women on this journey. My third book, which uh, many people have seen my three model approach and asked, couldn't that work at home as well? Hmm. And I say, yes, it can. You can look at your family culture. You can walk the talk as parents of a small family or a large family, because that is like a business. So my third book is going to be around how do we create a team culture, a strong culture at home? Because what we do at home impacts us at work. What we do at work impacts us at home. We're whole. And so that is what I plan for the future and to do a lot of speaking and coaching leaders. And ultimately, Rick, I want to empower leaders to tap into their deepest potential for not just bettering their companies, but also their families and communities. Well, you heard it here on Critical Mass Business Talk Show. She's not just the author of one book, but she'll be the author of three books eventually. And so we'll have you back each time your new book drops. How's that, Charizard? Awesome, Rick. Thank you. So if someone would like to connect with you on LinkedIn, learn more about your firm and your book, where do you suggest they go? Great. Yeah, I welcome invites on LinkedIn. And my name is S-H-A-H-R-Z-A-D, Sharzad Nuravi, N-O-O-R-A-V-I. My email is Sharzad, S-H-A-H-R-Z-A-D, at strategymeetsperformance.com. 
and I have that is my website strategymeetsperformance.com and on my book website is where you can download many different checklists and forms and tools and that is a powerfulculture.com well this has been fun <clears throat> it's great to have you on to talk about your newest book <clears throat> i've certainly enjoyed it so thank you for giving your time today my pleasure it was so great being on your show again and congrats to you for all the years you've had your show how many episodes 1300 or something yeah so this is 1374 so in our catalog. i am so proud <clears throat> to be number 1374 and yeah. um, thank you for all you bring to the business community rick you're welcome and if you're in the audience listening either live or on the podcast version and you're an orange county entrepreneur and you have a story that you'd like to tell then connect with me on linkedin or my website. I'm Rick, R-I-C-F-R-A-N-Z-I. And uh, we can have a conversation and possibly schedule on a future episode. Until the next time we all have a chance to be together, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. Mm -hmm.